Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Matthew chapter 6. Um, we're, we're learning the Lord's Prayer together in this brand new series called Amen. And so I'd love it if we could stand right now. This is our moment. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. I know you were starting to get a little comfortable, weren't you? Some of you were starting to sink into that seat a little bit and start to get, I know what those seats are like. All right, Matthew chapter 6, here we go. Let's all say it together. One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as also we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Come on, give yourselves a hand. That was, that was a solid four out of ten. Just kidding, just kidding. 72%, the pass, pass mark. Nah, just kidding. Awesome. The Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, foundational for us as a church, foundational for us as believers. I love the Lord's Prayer. It's fantastic. We're going to be looking at that again today. So last week, we began the series talking about the frequency of prayer. And the, the title of the message was, When, Not If. When you pray, Jesus says three times in three verses right before he gives the disciples the Lord's Prayer. So we talked about the frequency of prayer and how prayer is a lifestyle and it's a continual thing and that we can engage in more prayer. It's always good to pray more. And so we talked about that last week. But this week, the title is this, The Prayer of Despair. The Prayer of Despair. There's a type of prayer we see throughout the Bible that's common among God's people, His leaders, His shepherds, prophets, kings, his followers, that we could call the prayer of despair or the prayer of deliverance and protection or request for God to help. I wonder if you've ever prayed a prayer like that. I know I have. A prayer that sounds something like this, God, help me. I need your help. A prayer like, God, I need an escape. A prayer that sounds like, Father, rescue me right now from the enemy. And this is what Jesus gives us as part of the Lord's Prayer. And maybe you never understood that the Lord's Prayer actually has a component to it that is a prayer of deliverance, a prayer of protection. But it's verse 13. Let me read it to you. It says, deliver us from evil. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or in other words, we're in trouble, Lord. We need help. We need rescue. You know, we all need deliverance. Every single one of us needs deliverance. And so much of what we profess and confess as Christians is rooted in the fact that we serve a God who delivers us. When we pray that prayer that begins our faith journey, it's a prayer of deliverance. What are we being delivered from? The big bad wolf, the enemy, yes, but what is the enemy truly for us? It's sin, and God delivers us from sin. 
See, if you don't have a revelation of the power of sin in your life, you won't think you'll ever need Jesus because you don't understand that there's a sin issue and something that's separating us from God. Many people don't think that they need God because they haven't understood that there's something that stands between them and God. They think they're good. They don't see a need. I've talked to people. You've talked to people. And you say to them, hey, you need Jesus. And their response is, no, I don't. I'm good. And I'm like, no, you're not good. There's an issue here. There's something that needs to be worked out between you and God. And the best part is it was solved through Jesus. And the cross of Calvary and the power of the resurrection, when we confess and profess that Jesus is Lord, we are saved from our sin, from the penalty of sin, eternal life. And what happens is, is that prayer of despair shifts and becomes a prayer of faith. And there's an example of this we see in the scriptures that I want to show us today. But there's a king in the Old Testament that we can learn so much from. I'm going to share it. I'm going to read it in a moment. It's 12 verses. But the reality is this. We get saved, but then we begin our life as a Christian and we go through seasons. We go through mountaintops. We go through valleys. And inevitably, there's going to come a time where we need divine intervention. Have you ever experienced this? Come on. We know the tension. The tension between I'm saved, but I'm in this situation. And the prayer of despair is a good prayer because there's something in it for all of us as believers because God wants to give us divine intervention. He loves to intervene in the things that we face. So let's look together at an example in our Bibles of another prayer in this series. And this is the prayer of Jehoshaphat, the prayer, the, the, the king of Judah in the Old Testament. So 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat was one of the kings of of Judah, one of the kings that we see in our Bibles, and all of the kings. um, It was kind. It's kind of interesting when you study the kings, as there are good kings and there are not so good kings. Okay, and Jehoshaphat, he had some problems. He had these things going on, but he was a good king because he walked in the ways of God and not in the ways of people. Second Chronicles seventeen and verse four about him says, "But he sought the God of his father." And walked in his commandments and not according to the practices of Israel. But even this king, a good king, found himself in a bind. He had an enemy force that was bearing down on Judah, on God's people. And he prayed a prayer of despair. So I want us to come around this story. It's 2 Chronicles 20, starting in verse 1. It says this, after, that, after this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with them some of the Meunites, lots of ites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle, came against the king. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom and beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazanon Tamar. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord, and all the cities of Judah came to seek the Lord. Verse 5, And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said this, and this is his prayer. Okay, look at this, read this, like study this, this is awesome. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? 
You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations in your hand, a power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they lived in it and have built for you a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. That word also can mean deliver. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you have not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Verse 12, here it comes. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes... Are on you. He says, we are powerless. The enemy's invading. The, 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 the force is coming. This is an impossible situation. He says, we are powerless. There's a great horde coming against us. But look at what he says. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Our focus, God, is on you. Our attention, our prayer, Everything we have right now, we're choosing to look to you. So the first truth this morning, I've got two for us this morning, things about prayer we've got to understand. Number one, prayer saves us from despair. You ever had a moment of despair in your life? I know I have. Despair simply means to have an absence of hope or to experience great loss and to feel despair, to feel like I've lost everything or I've got no hope. And this is exactly what the king was experiencing in this moment. This is what I would call an ancient freak out moment. He was, a, he was losing it. He was afraid. He was having what I would call a panic attack, a panic moment. Look at what it says in verse 3. It says, And Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast. But notice what he did. He got the news. See, this is a great, this is a great formula. He got the news. You might get some news. You might get a diagnosis. You might get a report. Someone might come to you and say, man, we're in real trouble right now. You might have someone in your business come to you and say, man, this is not, the trend is not our friend right now. Someone might come to you and say, hey, there's an issue with, with your kids. Someone might come to you in life saying this is an impossible situation. You just need to do what the king did, set your face towards God. Choose in that moment to say, yeah, okay, thanks for delivering the news. But right now, I'm going to turn my life and I'm going to face my God. See, the emotion of despair is one that you and I, we have a unique take on. See, the world has a real problem with despair, but we don't. Addiction is often a response to a loss of hope. 
to despair. The world has no options. We have one option, prayer. See, where the world says there's no options, we still got one. And we've actually got the best one. But isn't it funny in life how we go through stage after stage, problem comes, people come to us, here's a problem, here's a situation, here's something you've got to get through. Inevitably, there's going to be a moment in your life that you're going to face a problem. And what we do in our human nature is like, okay, what have I done before? What strategy has helped me before? What, what resources do I have in my capacity and my strength to figure out? And then we get all the way to the end of it. And then we think, we should pray. But if we can learn anything from the scriptures today, it would be to do what the king did. So you might be in a moment of despair. You might be afraid, but the best thing we can do is pray. But it's interesting what the king does in his prayer. He prays with a foundation of faith. He seems to remind God of what God has already done. See, in verse 5, And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Does that sound familiar to you? How does the Lord's prayer start? Our Father who is in heaven. But then he goes on. He continues reminding God of some things. Says in Lord, you rule over all the kings and the nations in your hand, a power and might, so that none is able to stand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? It seems to me that he's reminding God of some things about God. But the thing about God is you can't remind God of the one who created everything because he knows everything. But the reality is this, he's not reminding God of anything, he's reminding himself and the people who are listening. It's exactly why when we pray the Lord's Prayer, it's powerful the way it begins because you say, oh Lord in heaven. In other words, God, you occupy a place that no one else will ever occupy. We say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name sanctified is your name, set apart is your name. And then he gets on to praying. I want to challenge us all this week. Start every prayer with praise and watch what it does because something changes. You ever heard that saying, prayer changes everything? But what really changes, not the problem, not the thing that you're facing, not the person that's really irritating you. You know what changes? You change. Your perspective changes. And this is exactly what we see here, that the king did. He prays and he reminds himself all over again and the people that were listening, that even though the enemy is bearing down, even though the problem is big, maybe even the situation is ginormous, he reminds the people, you're a God who picked us up when we were down. He reminds himself, and you need to remind yourself, God, I serve a God that won't leave me for dead. I serve a God who knows how to part the seas. And I serve a God who is an all-powerful God, and he's done it before. And so therefore, come on, somebody, he will do it again. 
We begin there and what happens is there's a shift. And he ends it by saying, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Let me ask you, online, let me ask you, when you're in the middle of a problem, what are you looking at? What are you focused on? Because this is what I tend to do. I, I get in the middle of a problem, you know what I tend to do? Google. text, scroll to try to pretend like the problem doesn't exist. Come on, am I the only one being truthful in church today? But what we need to do is we need to get good at saying, you know what, I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't know how this is going to work out, but God, you know what I'm choosing to look at? You. I'm looking to you for the answer. I'm looking to you for the solution. I'm, I'm only looking to you because you're the only one who can deliver me from what I'm going through right now. And I'm not going to look to the bottle. I'm not going to look to social media. I'm not going to look to that thing. I'm not going to even look to that relationship that helps me feel good. I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to look to Him. And then everything is going to change. There's going to be a shift and what happens is, is faith rises, hope is no longer deferred, and my posture towards the pain is now different. My pathway to the promise now seems doable because I prayed. And in the middle of the prayer, God has saved me from the despair of the moment. Can I just encourage you, the next time you feel despair, just pray. It'll change your perspective in Jesus' name. So number one, prayer saves me from despair. Number two, Prayer ushers in deliverance in my life. If the enemy could kill you, you would already be dead. Did you just hear what I said? If the enemy could kill you, you'd be dead. But you're still here. What does that tell you? I like to just simply backsolve things. I'm still here. That means God's on my side. That means I'm protected. That means that when I pray, things like lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, that's a prayer that works. I said last week, I've been praying that prayer my whole life. I can tell you story after story after story, and I know you can too, story after story after story where I have been protected and delivered from evil. And when I pray, and when we pray, especially the Lord's Prayer, and we pray prayers like, God, help me, deliver me, He does. And I can tell you story, God, is there have been moments where, man, I should not be here anymore. But God has delivered me, and I believe it's because of prayer. So when we pray, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, it's a prayer of delivering, a prayer of faith covering deliverance from incoming evil, from sin, from trouble. Maybe you're in an impossible situation today. Can I just encourage you? What you need to do is pray. What you need to do is stand. What you need to do is just remember that God has done it before and he will do it again. God will show up when 
you pray, but it's the way he delivers that matters. Because sometimes we, what we can think is we're like, man, God needs to come in and start wielding an axe. God needs to come in and he needs to kill that person right now. God, will you, will you kill that person for me? Take him out, Lord. That's how we think he's going to do it. That's how we think he's going to usher in deliverance. But the king in this story is praying. The people are praying. There's a fast that's happening all throughout Judah. The people are assembled in church. If you're going through a problem, the best, best place you can be is church. If you're going through a situation, you, don't, you need to get to the house of the Lord. You need to show up in church. You need, I've, I've been through tough situations and it was the community of the believers in church that helped me get through. And it says they were all assembled in church. But it's what happens next that is amazing. So they're praying, they're fasting. Uh, the king prays and says, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. We're looking to you to deliver us. And then Jehaziel, the prophet, which was there, gets the word of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And he says this in verse 15. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up from the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. Look at this, verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out. Look at this. And the Lord will be with you. So here we see this impossible situation, a moment of despair, a prayer of faith, a prayer of faithfulness, a prayer of despair turning into a prayer of faith and God answers. And then in verse 22, look at what it says. And when they began to sing and praise. You know what we need to do? We need to pray and we just need to start singing. We just need to start singing. We just need to start praising. We just need to start praying and start singing. Have you noticed that when we come into church, we primarily do two things. We pray and we sing. We pray and we sing. And then in the middle, someone gets up and reads the word. But what happens is, is we're engaging our soul in this ancient rhythm that God has given us called prayer. And as believers of Jesus, can I just encourage you that our battles aren't with physical enemies that are driving us out from the street we live in. But they're spiritual battles that we face. And the enemy is out. He's trying to steal, kill, destroy. He's trying to rip you off. He's trying to take away from you. He's trying to move you out of the will of God in your life. But when you pray, verse 13, we're covered and we're delivered. And when we pray, we usher in the deliverance of an almighty God. When we pray in that moment, when you pray on your knees in that moment for your children that are away from God and you're so in a moment of despair, all of a sudden you remember what God did for you and you pray and you believe that God will do it for them. And what happens is that foundation of faith turns that prayer of despair into a prayer of faith. And that's why we pray. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you today. If you're facing a battle, you're going through a tough situation today. I'm so glad you're here because the reality is that you're not meant to do life alone. 
the reality is that God has actually set you in a company of people, even right now physically. But spiritually, He's put you in a place and a space where you're meant to be so that the people of God can pray, can reach out. And I just want to pray for you today. I want to pray for your situation. Whatever you're going through, maybe you're looking towards this year, 2023, and you see some stuff coming up. Graduations, life changes, business stuff, anything that's going on. You're looking at maybe a new job opportunity. Maybe you're looking at a, at a situation financially that just seems like there's no way. There's no way you're going to get through it. There's no way that, that, that you're going to come out through it in a better place than you were before. But here's the good news today is we serve a God who He fights our battles for us. All we have to do is pray and all we have to do is stand firm and stay in position and we'll see the salvation of the Lord. So with every head bowed, eyes closed in church right now, if that's you, if you're facing an impossible situation, if you're facing something that's struggling, I just love hands that are already going up because this is a culture of our house is that we just believe in the power of prayer and we believe in the miracle working power of God and we believe that when we pray, we get out of the way and God begins to work. If that's you, just lift up your hand. You're facing something significant. You're facing something that seems impossible. God, we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. God, we thank you that you haven't failed anyone. You're not going to begin with us. We thank you right now, God, for who you are in our lives. You are the almighty God, Yahweh, our King, our provider, our protector, our defender, our Lord. And so, Lord, we choose in this moment that though we might not know what to do, we are looking to you for the answers. We're looking to you for the solution. We're looking for you to do what only you can do. We're looking to see the salvation of God in our own lives, the miracle working power. So God, we thank you for deliverance. Lord, we thank you for provision. God, we thank you for every good thing you're gonna bring. We thank you for the testimonies of faith. They're gonna come on the other side of the battle. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, let's sing together. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.